The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Subscribe to Inclusion Revolution Radio wherever you can get podcasts. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on underdogfantasy.com or download the app, draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Stacking the Box. To subscribe, hit us up on Google Play or iTunes or Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Thank you. Here is Stacking the Box. It is the April 7th version of Stacking the Box as we move forward to the draft coming up April 23rd. Matt Verram, good to see you, my friend. How you hanging? Good, good. No complaints. Quarantine life just rolling along. How are what's you? Your, what's your greatest accomplishment so far during the quarantine life? What are you most proud of? Uh, in the process of landscaping the outside of the house, now that the weather's getting warmer, uh, redid the basement stairs. They, they look good. They look strong. And uh, next week, I'm hoping to redo the deck. So I've got time. I've got time on my hands. i got Home Depot delivering, and I'm ready to roll. I, I'm going to be honest. I think I might have to nominate you for an award that's impressive. I mean, I'm proud of making the bed, doing cereal, taking a walk. You're that's that's high level, Verder. I'm proud Honest of you. God, I'm just so bored that I, I the other day I was sitting around. And I, like I was walking up the basement stairs, and and you know they were like they were like orangish brown when we bought the house, and we painted them that color for some reason. And so we 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 the basement when I bought the house was nothing but just studs, and then we built out the whole basement. My my father in law and I, and so I was coming up the stairs, and I just got really annoyed that the stairs looked like crap compared to the rest of the basement. So I went out and bought this like high traffic ultra white paint from Sherwin Williams, um, and uh, gave it a couple of coats. We're going to put a runner on that bad boy. I'll get the staple gun out, and uh, we'll be we'll be rolling. But I have nothing to do. I have nothing to do. So I'm I'm just doing everything I possibly can to keep it. How would you say your social distancing was acquiring the paint? Excellent. Uh, I ordered the paint online because you have to. And then they do not allow you in the store. They bring it out to you in a bag and they hand it to you. And like, you don't have to touch anybody and they don't come within more than like four or five feet of you. So it was good, but the social distancing stuff's crazy. I had to go to Walgreens yesterday for some essentials. And I'll tell you what, like I had the mask on the whole deal. My wife, for anyone doesn't know, probably does not listen to this as a nurse. 
So she has all, you know, all this stuff. She's like, she wear a mask. Okay. Went out, wore a mask. The woman in front of me at Walgreens bought $73 worth of wine at Walgreens. $73. And let me tell you, it wasn't like two really nice bottles. It was unbelievable. <laughs> that, was, hey, you, you cannot hate on that strategy right now. That would be just rude and inconsiderate. Oh, hey, I had a 12-pack of wine and Google's under my arm. But, uh, <laughs> like, but it was still like $73 worth of wine. It was just like, wow. That was, it was aggressive. I don't think I've ever actually bought wine at Walgreens, but no. during these difficult times, I got to support that. All right, let, let's let's move into it here. Let's uh, do it. The, the, the big story, everybody wants to know where Tua's going to go. What is the Matt Berteram take on the future of Tua, who's putting out one-minute sizzle videos talking about, hey, I am here, I am healthy, draft me, I'm going to yep. be a franchise quarterback. Well, I think, look, we all know, and I think can all agree, Burrow's going Right. Like, I don't think there's any real secret there. The Bengals are taking him one. And then the Redskins, I know there's been some smoke about, well, maybe Rivera doesn't love Haskins. I get it. I even asked him about it at the Combine um, during his media time there. But I think they're going Chase Young. I really do. Rivera's a defensive first guy. Obviously, you know, Bears, all that, you know, a linebacker. I think Chase Young's his guy. I think the Dolphins are going to trade up to three and get him there. But I'll say this, man. And we can talk a little bit more about this here as the conversation goes on. But if, if he gets past the Dolphins, then I think there could be a situation where he really drops. Because if the, char- then the Chargers could take him at six. But you kind of hear talk like, well, they really like Herbert. They even have a lot of intrigue in Jordan Love. Like, if he starts to slide past that, then you're going to have teams going, well, what's wrong with him? What did we miss? Do, do, do they know something medically about him that we don't? That fear starts to lead into a guy taking a big slide. But I I still think the Dolphins are going to take him top five, and I think they're going to trade up to do it. See, I actually have him going to the Chargers at six. And so, to me, that is a slide. Because when you're talking about a guy who's, okay. view, you know, a year ago or whatever, year and a half ago is viewed as the franchise guy. Right. He's, you know, he's going one, he's going two, he's going three. Um, I, don't, I don't think if he gets down to six, you can let him get past it. But I do think that Herbert's going to go ahead of him, which would be. Uh, you, you think know, he's going to Miami? Yes. No, I think I think Herbert goes to Miami. Right. And I, th- right. And I think that uh, and Tua goes to the Chargers. But I also think like a team, you know, who can get up into the three spot. Like if I'm New England right now, I would be salivating over a guy like Tua, but I don't know what the what exactly they could package to get all the way up there from 23. Right. Like what what else are you going to package and, to get in there? The hard thing is too, if you're the Dolphins, right? Like if you hear any whisper of that, you have to outbid them, and and you can because you have 14 picks, and you have three first rounders. Yep, that's that's right? true too. But like, the other thing, like I mean, if it's me, and here's a guy who has all the intangibles, uh, and I guess in today's NFL has the size to play the position, but you're coming off a major hip surgery. I can't work you out. Pretty scary, man. That's that's a, it's a, it's a big leap. It's the kind of move that if you draft him and he's injury riddled, it gets you fired. Like if you take Justin Herbert and Justin Herbert turns out to be Josh Allen, it's not maybe ideal, but you're probably not going to get canned. If, if you take Tua Tagovailoa and he's hurt and, you know, and, and he's, he's missing, you know, eight, nine, ten games a year or worse, I, I think then all of a sudden you're looking at this thing and going, well, okay, 
do we do we not blame the GM? Because he knew going into this draft of all the injuries. I mean, there have been people who are saying we don't know how serious his hip injury is until maybe a year from now. He gets back on the field and takes some hits. And I, like, I'll be honest. I think he's talented. I'd be terrified to draft him. Terrified. Right. And that's, that's where it gets super interesting. I love him as a guy. Like, he, we saw him at the Super Bowl. He was as affable as could be. Everything I've heard is he's, you know, that everyone's heard is he's friends with literally everyone in the athletic department at Alabama. Uh, not even just the athletic department, I should say. Like, he's just any, anywhere he goes around campus, he treats people with respect. He's a leader, all of it. So I'm rooting yeah. for the guy, but it's, it's, a, it's, it, it's a scary proposition. What do, you think, what do you think is the best fit? I think it's probably – well. Of the realistic fits, because, I mean, of course, I'm not going to throw some crazy. Of, of teams that could take him, theoretically, I think the Chargers would be the best fit. They're the best team in terms of the talent around him of any of these teams who could take him. And Tyrod Taylor is good enough. He could sit behind him for a year. You know, even, even a half a year, if you want to go that route. But he could sit behind him. I don't know that in Miami he's going to get that luxury. He's going to play, right? I mean, but not to say Fitzpatrick's awful, but... Fitzpatrick is not going to do enough, in my opinion, to keep them afloat. So I don't think Miami's a bad fit because I love Flores as a head coach. He's a really good coach, and they have a ton of picks. They're going to get better here over the next three weeks. But I think the Chargers are probably the best fit. Um, If he slides, I mean, look, yeah, if he got to New England, some pie-in-the-sky thing, then, yeah, of course. I mean, he'll play with Belichick. But I think the early teams – I do think the Chargers would make the would make the uh, Tagovailoa family the happiest because he is just going to the best team in that sense. Right. I, I look the weapons in, in with the Chargers are extremely entertaining, which is why I thought that Brady was going to get up there or end up there rather versus going to the Bucks. But they do have that sweet state income tax down in Florida. Yeah. I know. Pe- I know people don't think that Tom was doing a little bit of a money grab, but I just think that was at least some. Some part of his decision. But regardless, uh, that's not what we're talking about right now. Give me a dark horse team for Tua. The, I, I think, I think the, and I keep saying this about them, but the Raiders. The Raiders. Because Gruden does not love Carr. There's no secret. I mean, if they could have gotten Kyler Murray last year, they would have done it. So I think Gruden and Mayock are looking for any excuse to say, look, we just couldn't pass it up. We had to do it. And I know they signed Mariota, but. They could move Carr in a heartbeat if they wanted to. They could trade Carr. They could cut Carr. They could do a lot of different things. Uh, now, look, they have to be in love with Tua and confident in the medicals to do it. But don't forget, Mayock a few years ago was the lead analyst over at NFL Network. But that guy has so many plug-in ties to college football. If anyone's going to get the inside story, it's going to be Mike Mayock. So, Maybe they don't love him, and then they're a dark horse, and they're not in it. But they've got the 12th and the 19th picks. They could get up to, to the third pick if they wanted to. They could absolutely do that. And so I think, look, they're not a favorite. But if we're talking dark horses, I, I think the Raiders would, would have to be counted as one of those teams. I wonder where Green Bay's at right now. Like, you're, it would be way over the top for the Packers to somehow go and get too old when they're still sitting with – you can even argue the greatest quarterback in the game, uh, but at some point you got to get the, the replacement. And if we're going old school, you know, Aaron said for a long time, 
learned yep. a lot and then came in there and was, you know, and here's the guy who's coming off an injury. And if he starts to slide, I mean, maybe they could look at it as a long-term thing if we're, if we're talking dark horses. Because at some point, the Packers are going to have to draft a quarterback. And some people haven't taken one in the first round, period. Like So, to me, that's that would be super interesting. I mean, so, uh, that, if we're talking dark horses, I'm just wondering where Green Bay's at as far as they, the way they look at their quarterback future. What do you think of that, Bertram? I think it's interesting. I mean, they're at 30, so they would have to get way up there. You would think, you know, unless it's just a massive slide, which, you know, it happens. Um we're going to talk about it a little bit more later in the show. But, yeah, look, I, I think a lot of it depends on what does LaFleur think of Rodgers because he's only been there for a year. Obviously, they went 13-3, but they did not go 13-3 because of Rodgers. They were 13-3 because they ran the ball really well and they played good defense. And Rodgers was good. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he was like a passenger. He was good He was good at times, very good. But Rodgers hasn't been Rodgers for years. I mean, I, he has not been the guy who he was five, six years ago when he carried them to that NFC title game in Seattle or he carried them into Atlanta. I, I mean, he has not been that guy since. So, yeah, it's not crazy. I mean, the Packers, if, if he got – let's say Tua got to 16, 17. Right. At that point, if you're the Packers, do you think about it? The only the only downside if you're the Packers, you do that, but Rodgers is going to be irate. Exactly. That, that's the one thing they – like, you don't care if you're the Raiders if Derek Carr is pissed. What do you care? You're moving off of him anyway. You care if Rodgers is pissed. Yeah, and, and you did just win 13 games. But right. just, just – It's a dark horse. We're going outside the box here. Uh, all right, let's talk about the format itself here, Bertrand. We've got uh, – I mean, I, whatever the NFL is planning to do here, it's, it ain't going to look like uh, your, your standard deal here. So how do you think this is all going to unfold and how we'll, how we'll enjoy the draft and you know, how guys are going to get celebrated? Well, for starters, for anyone who doesn't know, it's, it's been determined now by the NFL through a league memo on Monday, we're recording on Tuesday afternoon, that the NFL is telling these teams, look, you have to be at home, like in your actual physical home, your family home, to draft, and you can't all be together at one person's house. It's not like everybody can congregate at John Schneider's house. So everybody's got to basically be in like their living room doing this. It's going to be fascinating to see. But I actually think it's really interesting. I mean, obviously, I, I wish it wasn't under these circumstances, of course. But in, in terms of just the display and the way it's going to come down, like I think the NFL draft for the for the hardcore fan has gotten kind of ridiculous in the way they do it year in and year out where they just trot out a million people and they try to make it this ridiculous spectacle and you know for the casual fan and maybe the younger fan gets a lot of fun so i get why the nfl does it but this is going to be nuts and bolts football like you have to draft these guys you know there's not going to be a lot of pomp and circumstance it's so i i'm actually Really interested to see how this all plays out here through Zoom screens. So it's funny because you're fired up for it, and I frigging am going to be missing it. I love the crowd reaction. I love the pomp and circumstance. I loved it when it was in Chicago, and these guys are all when we get to when Matt Verderam was roaming around interviewing players, as was I. That was a ton of yep. fun. This is not as fun, but. I guess, you know, I'm, I'm willing to be entertained. I'm sure I will be entertained. But it's, it's going to be a, a, a great reminder of the time that we're in, which is uh, a scary time, obviously. But, uh, and this is not important at all. 
But Roger Goodell on a Zoom screen is, is just something I never thought I was going to see. But here we go. Let's let's see let's see what you got, Roger. Let's see what the home let's see what home base Goodell looks like. You know what? I I will agree with you on this. I'll miss the fans that are there because that's always fun. The reaction, but I won't miss them being like, "Hey, let's have Chiefs legend Gary Green make the third round pick." Like just enough. I, like you know what? Just make the damn picks. Okay, I, I don't even get there. There are times they bring these guys up, and you're like who? Who the hell's that? Like what? I mean, then they got got you know teams making picks from the zoo. Like just it, I, enough of that crap. Just give me who you pick now. I, I will say I think as the draft goes on and we get to like a fifth round, and you've got like some scout making a Zoom call. Underdog Fantasy is the fastest growing fantasy app and easiest place to play fantasy sports. Just jump on UnderdogFantasy.com or download the app. Draft your team, and that's it. And if drafts aren't your thing, they also have a pick'em game where you can win 20 times your money in a single night. Use promo code RADIO, and Underdog will double your first deposit when you sign up with up to $100 in bonus cash. Deposit $100? Get $100 free. That's promo code RADIO. Terms and conditions apply. All to call in the pick to, to you know, Troy Vincent? Yeah, that's going to be brutal. And I don't think anybody's watching that. I'm not even going to watch that. I'll just, I'll just look at the ticker. But... Um, I think early on, it's just going to be interesting. It's just going to be so different. Yeah, and I don't want to go too far here, but it, it, it feels like it's a little place of sports healing. Like, welcome in, everybody. There's, I'm sure they're going to do a lot of, you know, we're all in. We're doing our social distancing stuff like, the, you know, different commercials that you're seeing out there right now. Patrick right. Kane at the Blackhawk just did one that crossed my Twitter. He's, you know, for all in Illinois, and he's sitting at his house telling everybody to stay home. I mean, different athletes are just doing – Amazing stuff out there right now. So the NFL, I'm sure we'll go do a lot around that as well. But uh, all right, Vertoram, let's go into the future. And as we look at this draft, well, how many – Before we get into that, there's one yeah. other thing that I want to actually touch on because as we're recording this, it, it just kind of came out. Okay. So John Harbaugh, the Baltimore Ravens, is saying he's worried about uh, teams basically hacking into Zoom feeds and, and all these yeah. types of things. And that – he is not the first person in the NFL to say that. There is around the league uh, a little paranoia that this is going to happen, and I get like that could be an all timer. Like if we end up finding out years down the road that some team found out that another team was going after Jordan Love, and they got I me. Mean, if you okay. don't think that some team's going to try to do that, Patriots have already done it. Oh, they- I mean, <laughs> like. I know people say, ah, come on. Like, I'm telling you, right, this is a billion-dollar industry. If you don't think some team is going to try to do this, it's absolutely going to – now, they may not be able to do it. It may, it may turn out to be inconsequential. Some team is 100% going to try to hack into some team's feed. It's, it, I would be shocked if they don't. Okay, so I like that Harbaugh's naming it. I believe the Patriots are trying to figure out a way for real. I think that's a legit thing, that there's definitely conversations going on in their tech department on how we can do this, and maybe in a bunch of other tech departments, too. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying, which makes me nauseous. Uh, But, you know, I was on a Zoom call the other night with a buddy of mine who who was living in China, right, and a bunch of us who are living here. And we were talking about what's going on. A lot of opinions were being thrown out. And I'm like, I was part wondering that uh, is is somebody going to walk in on him right now and pull him out of this Zoom conference? Because who knows right. who the hell is listening? Because we've heard a lot about trouble with Zoom. Uh, 
And I, but I also live my life like they know exactly what I'm doing. They know when I'm going to the bathroom. They, they know, they know everything, man. They, they, they can tell who's not, who's moving around with the coronavirus, who's not moving around. By the way, congratulations to the Great Lake states. Apparently, we're all doing the best social distancing in the country. Congratulations if you're listening in that area. But uh, yeah, man, that that's that's interesting. <laughs> By the way, as as a as a. a Addendum to all this and a conclusion. I, I will say there's going to be a team that they can't get the Zoom to work. That's 100% <laughs> coming. And it's going to be the Giants with Gettleman because Gettleman can barely work a phone. So that that's coming. And also, you mentioned the social distancing. Look, we're talking about sports. I don't want to talk too much about the coronavirus. But seriously, look, my you know, I'm just going to toss this out there. My wife's a nurse. My sister-in-law is a nurse. They're dealing with all this crap on the front lines. So kudos to them. Uh, they are the uh, the MVPs this time, but you know what? Honest to God, just social distance and do your job. You know, don't, you know, so many people are like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to go to the store. Like you're you're a moron. Please, for the love of God, just stay home and do your thing. Like we all get it. It's all terrible. No one wants to deal with this right now. But just stay home. The faster, the better you do it, the faster it's going to go away. Do you so, see the Larry? Do you see the Larry David piece? Uh, no. So it's 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 brilliant and vintage Larry David. He's just sitting on his couch and he's like, this is the easiest thing you could do. Just stay home on your couch. Watch TV. It's a gift. Relax right here. It's funny how in life, like all we ever want to do is like to be able to chill out and do nothing. And then we get like we're literally mandated to chill out and do nothing. And people are like, screw that. I'm going out. And it's just, you know, they're not asking you to go to war. They're asking you to sit on your couch. Like You know who'd love to stay home right now? All the medical personnel around the world. Right. That's who love to stay home and can't. So shut up. Sit down. Listen to Sack in the Box. Watch some crap on YouTube. Watch Tiger King or whatever the hell that is on Netflix. And just sit down and relax. It's, it's, a, it's a, As long as you're healthy and, you're, and the loved ones around you are healthy, it's a time to just take a deep breath at the house. So you know what? Stack in the box is going to hold me, uh, hold me accountable, and, and, and they're going to take me through this time. If you want to do the Jay Cutler thing, too, I'm down. You stuck on a, on a beach in the Bahamas or wherever the hell Cutler is with Kristen and his buddies. Yeah. There you go, pal. Be, be, enjoy, your, enjoy being a rich person and yeah. putting up sweet pictures that make us all jealous. But, uh, right. yeah, I'm with you, man. And I think we're, for the most part, doing a great job. So, I agree. Uh, little, most, little, most people have done a great job. A little slow in some parts of the country. Looking at you, Florida, what the hell are you doing? But uh, finally finally coming around uh, down there as well. All right. Into the future we go, Verderam. How many quarterbacks go in the first round? Five. I'll say five. I think, Give me your five. I think, I think Tua Herbert and Burrow go in the top six picks. Um, I think Jordan Love goes in the teens somewhere. Uh, you know, which team, you know, that's hard to save. I think he goes to the teams and I think you're going to have a team the back end of the first round, whether it's Green Bay, as you mentioned earlier, whether it is New Orleans, uh, New England, you know, whoever you want to say, throw a name out there. It makes sense. Who's your Uh, fifth quarterback? I I think it's going to be Eason. He's, he's got a cannon for an arm. He's a big kid. And I think some team is going to look at Jacob Eason and go, you know what? We can, we can fix the, the little issues that are wrong with him, make him a little more accurate, 
and we're going to be fine. Every time, if any time I ever think, oh, three quarterbacks are going to go on this round, I always tack on an extra one. I don't think Easton should be a first round pick. I think he should be early to mid second. And by the way, I think the same thing about Jordan Love. Uh, but I don't think it matters. And I, um, by the way, one guy also to watch. Don't be shocked if Jalen Hurts goes a lot higher than you think he's going to. He did very well with teams at the Combine. Impressed him with who he is as a person, who he is on the board. Just keep an eye on him. Fair enough. Uh, along with my dark horse selection, I'm saying only four here, Verderam. And I think that fourth is Jordan Love, who you named, Redshirt Jr., Utah State. And I think it's a perfect spot for him at 30 to go to Green Bay and sit there and learn and, hey, hey, Aaron, you're the guy for the next two years, three years, but we do want you to be a teammate and help this guy along and, and pay, it, pay it back the way Brett did with you. I, I don't think that's too big of an ask, and I would think that Rodgers would be at least mature enough to do that, and that would be a perfect spot for him. It would be so, a great fit. Yeah. So I'll say, I'll say four. I'm, I'm, I'm nervous with four, but that, I'm going to stick with what I think should – should be, and so I'll, I'll say Love will go, but I'll, I think he drops, and I think the Packers grab him. Okay. What do you? The Redskins to me is pretty obvious what they're going to do over at, with the number two. Are you going anywhere? Around, oh, and you mentioned it earlier, so you're staying with Chase, right? I am. I know there's been talk about a quarterback, and the reason we, we should talk about this is: do they trade the pick? Do they move out of the pick? I mean, there's, yeah. you know, because I, I think teams are going to be calm, but to me. When you're the Redskins, you have as many holes as they do on this roster. You, know, you hear t- teams all the time say, well, we're going to take the best available player. That is such a load of crap. Most teams never take the best available player. They don't. They're liars. They say that to cover their ass. They never do it. They always take the guy who they need the most at what position they need to fill. And I get that, right? Like, if you're if you're Baltimore and, and Jordan Love's there and he's your highest rated guy, you're going to take Jordan Love? No, you're not going to take Jordan Love. You're going to take, you know, whoever the hell you need, a receiver or offensive line or whatever. If you're the Redskins, you should be taking the best guy on the board. You, you have so many needs, and you're drafting second. And you know, So for me, Chase Young's the best player in this draft. I mean, you want to argue Burrow because he's a quarterback, fine. Chase Young is the best pure player in the draft. To me, if I'm the Redskins, I'm taking him, and I'm not thinking twice. Yeah, I, I don't think that uh, when you boil everything they've done, like if Washington wanted to be aggressive – and they loved a quarterback, then you don't trade for Kyle Allen, and maybe you move on from Haskins and make a deal if Ron Rivera was coming in there, right? But he didn't do that. He gave up a draft pick, and clearly he wants to have competition there, so you're not doing anything at the quarterback spot. So that, I think, to me, defensive guy, it's pretty obvious that he's going to take Chase Young there and be damn happy doing it. What's interesting as far as, you know, I, I'm just interested with the, what the Lions are going to do. Are they going to sit there and, just, and draft a CUDA? and take a quarterback, or are you going to be, you know, try to leverage that spot and let somebody get the quarterback that they want if people are hungry for it and get yourself some more draft picks? But I think the Redskins are well, standing pet. I think the Lions are the perfect team to trade out, especially if they trade the five, because they can still get a coup at five. Or let's say they do it, right? The Dolphins go up to three. Even, even if you want to say the Chargers, right? Like whoever goes up gets, gets to a – the Giants are probably going to take an offensive tackle or Isaiah Simmons. And then after that, you get the five. If it's the Lions, are probably taking the Cuda. If it's the Dolphins, are probably taking a quarterback, right? Like I, I think the Lions just get a pick or two, and they don't really lose who they want. The Lions, in my opinion, I know we talked about this, right? They should take a quarterback. They won't because of the Lions. 
and they're, and they're going to just take you know some they're going to take a corner and be happy enough, and that's fine. Akuda might be a very good player, but that team's not winning anything with, with Stafford as, as it is right now. They're not, and I like Stafford, but he's breaking down. He's 31, 32 years old. Like you're not, they're not winning with him. They haven't even won a playoff game with him. He's been there for a decade. Yeah, he's thirty-two. Uh, I like Matthew Stafford. I feel like if you had played for any other organization other than the Lions, you'd be talking him in a whole different light. But you are right. At some point, you're going to have to move on. Who do you? Uh, who do you think? Do you think Stafford or Rivers is the better quarterback? I'm not talking better career because you know in terms of what they've done. But just who do you think on it? On both of them in the exact same situation. He's a better quarterback. So I would probably take Rivers, but I think it's a huge compliment to both of them that they're right in the same mix. Uh, to, to me, Rivers is underappreciated. Stafford's underappreciated. He, Stafford, to me, could be on a, a, on a Matt Ryan level. Um, you know, guys that uh, he's not he's not Rodgers. He's he's not he's not Wilson. He's not obviously he's not anywhere close to Brady even. You know, like three years ago, Tom Brady. But I, those guys, man, gunslingers, total respect for Philip Rivers, who would throw it up at, to anyone at any time and not worry about his numbers. Stafford the same way. Sure, he made a lot of bad decisions, but like you're going to make bad decisions, quarterback of the, the Detroit Lions. I mean, I think I think both those guys belong in the Hall of Fame. See, I actually think Stafford was like a Hall of Fame talent. I don't think he's going to ever sniff it because they just didn't want anything. I think he's the Neil Lomax of the uh, of the current decade. Good but, Neil uh, Lomax drop. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, I mean, I I just think he's very similar to Rivers. I don't think there's that much difference. I think Rivers probably gets in the Hall of Fame. I don't think Stafford does because Rivers had a bunch of playoff appearances, all that stuff. Um, but I would argue that the shame of it is really for both of them. What is their defining moment? There's not one for either guy. Like, you know. If I said to you, what's the first thing you think of Philip Rivers? Dave's nine kids. Signings on the field. I mean, Philip not- Rivers is sixth all time in yards at fifty nine thousand. Okay. Uh, I mean, come on. You- now I, I get it that the numbers are greatly. Oh, so Staff- I, he's a, he's right a- now is eight is eighteenth forty one thousand. That's ahead of Montana. It's ahead of Unitas. I get it. Different eras. I, I all of that, but bouts. Of course, Vinny Testaverde's in there too, but that's another guy that got a raw deal. Terror, you know, shouldn't have been a Tampa Bay Buck man. Not any good. rate, so all right, let's let's move on. First, your first five picks of the first round. We've been doing this, so what what's what's your order, Bertrand? Right now, I feel confident in Burrow, Chase Young. I got the Dolphins getting up to three for Tua. I've got Isaiah Simmons going fourth to the Giants. The, the Giants need. You know, I feel like they're the under-talked-about like, team here in the top five. Nobody really talks about the Giants. Uh, and by the way, for five out of the lines, moving back to get a Cuda. Um, the Giants, I, I think they need, a, they need a superstar player. And, and I, I know that every team wants a superstar player. But what I mean by that is, okay, you got Saquon, right? But you traded Beckham. I don't think an average fan can name one guy in that defense. I mean, they're just they're, – Pitiful. There's nobody that you care about. I mean, Marcus Golden, the 10 sacks last year, he's still a free agent. We'll see if they bring him back. But they need that guy on that defense that, like, you build around, right? And I, I've i heard people say, well, Derek Brown of Auburn. I think Derek Brown's a terrific defensive tackle, but they just took Dexter Lawrence last year. I don't, I don't think you do that. 
Uh, Isaiah Simmons can play safety. He can play linebacker. He can play corner occasionally, which is just an absurd amount of, of, of different skills, right? So I would take Simmons because if he's what they think he's going to be, like if he's like Bobby Wagner, but like even souped up beyond him, like that, that is the guy you can build around. Like if he's a Keekly, somebody like that, you build around that guy. And I think the Giants have to take that. Something you probably do know. Progressive can not only offer you a great price when you bundle home and auto, they offer you round-the-clock protection. Something you probably don't know, the average oak tree branch can hold 70 pounds. Something you probably do know, your neighbor is building their kid a treehouse. Something you probably don't know, a falling treehouse would take out your whole fence. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive and get more than a great price. Get round-the-clock protection. Something you know for the things you don't know. Coverage from Progressive Casualty Insurance Company, affiliates, and third-party insurers and subject to policy terms. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Drafting a right tackle is fine, but, like, you got to get the guy you can build a unit around, and I don't think you could say that about a right tackle. What about Tristan Wirfs? I, I love him, but I, I don't think you can build around him. Like, I guess what I'm driving at is the Giants have some pieces offensively. Now, they got to get better. Obviously, they, they stink. But there's some pieces. They have no pieces defensively. I know they signed Blake Martinez. I, I, Blake Martinez is a guy. I mean, come on. Blake Martinez couldn't cover you on a seam route. So I, I think, look, all those guys are in the mix. Worse, Andrew Thomas, you know, you want, you know, Wills, Beckton. But I think they're going to take – that's just my opinion. I mean, obviously, I, I could be dead wrong, but that's just my opinion. I think they're, they're going to take Simmons. All right. So I'm – I don't. I don't think the Lions are going to have any creativity because they're the Lions. So I think they'll take Akuda at three, and that's after, of course, Burrow going one, Young going to going two. So Akuda three, and then I'm flying up my Iowa Hawkeye bird ramp. Left tackle. Now I started the right tackle. Played left tackle too. You got to protect Daniel Jones. Saquon's not going to mind it either, and. I think the Giants want to make sure that their quarterback looks good. So, Wurz is an interesting guy, man. First first dude to start as a freshman at Iowa. He was our state wrestling champion in high school. Uh, I think you, you slot him in It's at, at left tackle, and you say that, hey, we are all in on getting our offense up to speed. We want Daniel Jones to have a great career. It's not sexy. I don't even like it, but that's what I think the Giants are going to do. And then at five – I think the Dolphins are going to get nervous on Tua and they're going to take Herbert, which is going to piss off the Chargers, and maybe the Chargers then roll the dice on Tua. But it's That's interesting. Now, listen, those offensive tackles, I mean, you got four of them that I just mentioned, and you obviously talked about worse. There's going to be a run on those guys really early. Like, I'd be shocked if any of those top four guys got out of the top 10 picks. Yeah. And Hard so. Like, Giants need one, could take one. Cardinals desperately need a tie. I'd be shocked if they don't go that route. Same thing with the Browns. The Jags could go that route. The Jets could go that route. I mean, it's – and, and those four guys are so heads and tails, better than anybody else. I mean, there are a few guys later on, like Ezra Cleveland, Josh Jones. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch. And, and great opportunities for both the Lions and the Giants to drop back into five and six and, and – leverage yep. themselves so we'll yep. see we'll see you can figure that one out all right let's move on to the question that no one knows the answer to which is when does week one of the nfl season take place uh Bertram, make your guess brother september 10th 
when it's supposed to. Um, and I, I want to. I'm going to also just say this right off the top. I have no idea. I have no clue. And I'm sick and tired of people being doctors on Twitter. And oh, you know what I think? I think look, you don't. You don't know Jack either. Like nobody does. But it's a topic that a lot of people are talking about. So let's hit it for a second. I'll say the start of the year. I know New York State just produced a test that can test for antibodies, um, which essentially can test if you've already had the uh, illness and if you're immune to it going forward, at least for a period of time. That is the key to me. Um, just from talking to my wife, again, who's a nurse, who's getting her doctorate here in a year. I mean, that test is huge because once you can test and find out who's had it and who might be immune to it, then you can kind of figure out, okay, how much of the population has herd immunity to it? You know, how much doesn't? Who's high risk? I mean, testing is the key to all of this. I think that's the one thing that kind of everybody seems to agree on. I think with the NFL being a multi-billion dollar industry that it is, and with the amount of lead time before the season, I'll say this. If you don't think the NFL is going to invest heavily in this, I don't think you understand business. I think the NFL is going to be very, very out in front trying to help out. Baseball didn't have that luxury. This happened right at the start of the year. Basketball and hockey, they got blindsided in the middle of the year. The NFL has the luxury of, of having months and months and months to kind of try and figure it out. And that's not to say the NFL can cure, cure coronavirus. It can't. But I do think that the NFL is going to have a plan, and I do think that their plan right now is to play uh, the first weekend of that, that season when it's supposed to start, which is Thursday, September 10th. So it's hard for me to go to September 10th because I don't see the country having a plan right now. And I think you make a great point that the NFL is going to do everything they possibly can. I'm assuming you're saying you're without fans, correct? Oh, I think there'll be fans. You think there'll be fans? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's more optimistic than I am. I, I don't – I just don't – Once we need the vaccine, man. If I'm going to be sitting next to somebody at Soldier Field in Chicago or wherever, one, C5, and you sit in row two, C10. Uh, roll it back. You cut out. No, you go back to your, just start your Soldier Field point over again, like if you're going to be sitting next to someone. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm having my beautiful wife is sticking her tongue out at me because she has to work in the the bedroom right now as I do the podcast. If you could just please close that door, I'm trying to focus. Thank That's you. That's probably where the signal went. Yeah, it was her fault, no question. All right, three, two, one. Look, if I I'm just not going to Soldier Field to sit in row one, seat one, and have the next guy sit in row two, seat five, and then row three, seat ten. And I'm not sitting next to somebody who I don't know what they've done, where they're at, who if there's not a vaccine. So I don't know how you can actually have fans. Now, if I can get the TV dollars and not get the gate receipts, well, and I'm the NFL, sure, I'm going to move forward and do that. Because right. I'm not going to – you got to. I mean, it's better than nothing, right? I'll, I'd rather take 50 cents on the dollar than zero cents on the dollar. Uh, so – if you, want to make an, if you want to make an argument that on September the 10th, we'll have football, you know what's going to be a great test is how baseball goes about this. Because if they're really going to do what's being thrown out there, that everyone's going to go down to Arizona 
There's we're gonna no have... chance that's happening. Why right? do you say no chance? Because they're not gonna. If you're a player, you're gonna sit in a hotel room for four and a half months facing the question. Do you want to get paid millions of dollars? Dude, the NFL, the, the MLB Players Association is gonna go berserk over that. I I can't. I mean, and hey, we're not paying you. I get it. I get that. It's an unknown time. I, I hear you, man. Money money motivates the world. I get that. But I, I'd i be really surprised. But the reason I think with the NFL, with the fans as well, now I'll say this. I do think there's going to be some jimmying of things because some states are going to be further ahead than others. Yeah. Some, some states are going to be far more well. I mean, hell, man, we're two months into this, and some states still don't have stay-at-home orders. Right. I mean, Missouri right. just got one. Like, I can tell you right now, there are going to be some states who go, screw that, we're playing. Like, we're open to it. Have the stadiums open. Come on. And, dude, listen, I agree with you. There's a lot of people that won't go to stadiums. There's absolutely going to be 70,000 people who will. There will. I mean, look at look at people going to church right now with 10,000 people in a church. I mean, it's just, it's going to happen. Now. Yeah, but you're going to have, I mean, you might have Lori Lightfoot in Chicago, Pritzker and company. You are not going, we're not doing it. Sorry. You might. You might, but I think the NFL didn't take those teams and move them. Like, I really do. I think that's what would happen now. Of course, look, we're all guessing. We don't of know. Of course we are. I mean, we're not even at April 10th, let alone September 10th. We might get to July, and this might be a silly conversation one way or the other. I mean, we look, might look, you know, we look. might get to July and go, well, of course they're not going to play. Or, or yeah, 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 they're going to be fine. You know, I mean, it's just – I wonder, too, if testing gets ramped up, does the NFL say, look, we're just going to test everybody on the way in the building? And if you come in here and you've got it, you're not coming in. That might be the way it goes down, but that's just a crazy. That's just not insane. But I, you, I think what time? Like, what time are you going to get there for a noon kickoff? Six six in the morning, and we're gonna we're gonna it's gonna take what ten minutes on each person. Well, we're gonna you know there's already a test now that it takes like five minutes, and you wonder if they can get to a test that takes like a minute. Right. And you can so, see it happen, man. The NFL for them. It's worth the money to hire an extra thousand people at each stadium. They'll literally just sit there and just okay, we're going to take the test. I'm not. I'm just throwing out different scenarios. I, I, I understand, but would you? Are you? Let, let's just say that that scenario played out. That they could they could know within fifteen seconds whether or not you have it. Would you go stand in line with whatever a thousand people to take that test to get into a game? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know where we're at. As a country, then if you know, I have a daughter, a little daughter. I, I I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't want to do anything to put her at risk. So, the answer and, at this moment, no. Right. But would I do it in five months from now? It depends. It depends. I I also just wonder how many people are going to be tested for immunity and all that stuff. But look, we can we can move on because who the hell wants to sit here and talk about the coronavirus? But I I just thought it was an interesting thing. I think it's something we do have to talk about a little bit because it's just reality. Um. I, I like the, I like the conversation, Bernard. I, I think it's fine. Uh, I, I, I'll say this. I do think one way or the other, there will be some semblance of an NFL season. Yeah. I, Whether it's shortened or moved or with no fan, I, I think they will play a majority of the games. They'll have a playoffs. They'll have a Super Bowl. I do think that'll happen. It, it's, it's just going to be a lot more challenging. I mean, baseball is one thing. I'm not colliding into you. So they, they got to be a lot further along come September. And, I, you know, what training camps look like, how do guys get ready. Uh, you know, it's not like they could just show up and play the football game and go home. So I don't know. It's, 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 it seems real dicey. But all right, let's move on. 
in or out, we got four topics for you, and we start with the Packers. And the Packers should draft a quarterback in the first two rounds, in or out. I'll go first here, because I've said it multiple times. I think they should. I think you always want to be out in front of it. Aaron Rodgers, as you mentioned, is not the Aaron Rodgers that he was. And it's time for Green Bay to start uh, taking some flyers on quarterbacks now. I, I have a doing in the first round, which is more than a flyer. But I, yep. I, I am in on, on the Packers drafting a QB. We talked a lot about it. I'll be brief. I'd be in on it uh, for the second round. I, I, I think the first round, I take a receiver and try to try to go win the Super Bowl now. Um, but if, if Hurts is sitting there or Jake Fromm or somebody like that in the second round, yeah, I think a good long look. Because I, I think at some point here, yeah, who's their backup right now? Nobody who has any future. So, I, I'm yeah, I'm absolutely investing in that position. All right, let's move on to the Saints. And we talked about the Saints on the last podcast. We probably talked about them on most podcasts. But New Orleans has the best roster in football right now, uh, in or out on the Saints, with our guy Drew Brees back and the Saints having a very active offseason. I think they're the best roster in the NFC. I don't think their roster is better than Kansas City or Baltimore. Uh, And the reason being, I don't think their defense is as good as either of those two teams. Um, I also think Breeze is steadily, if slowly, declining. He's still very good. I don't know that at this point his career is great. I think Mahomes is the best quarterback in football right now, and I think Jackson is the best athlete in football, and he's a very good quarterback. So um, I think the Saints are terrific. I think they could win the Super Bowl. So I, I think they're right there. But I think they're a notch below. I think they're the third best overall. I think they're the best in the NFC. So... I will agree with you on Kansas City. I'm not going to put Baltimore up there. I think the Ravens are actually primed for a little bit of a come down from 14 and two. Uh, but so I think the Chiefs are far are, are out front in the AFC. Uh, in the NFC, listen, I got the Saints at the top, but I also have them at the top with the Niners. I would almost say with Seattle. Um, I, I think they're they're in a crew of about three. Three to four teams. I don't want. I, I think Green Bay is going to regress this year, um, so I guess I don't have. Maybe it's just three teams: the Niners, the Seahawks, and the Saints at the top. Um, and they're right there. But to me, they don't. It's it's not an overall standout, and that's mainly of what you just named there with Breeze, who I'm happy is there and gives him a shot to do it. But yep. it's going to need a little bit more help than he's needed in the past, and I'm not quite sure that they have enough for him. Uh, I love that he's back, but so. They're, they're at the top for me in the NFC with others, but on, on equal footing. Let's do the AFC East. And the topic is whether all four teams in the AFC East, all four, have a chance to win that division, which is uh, super interesting. And just let, let's just name them. The Patriots, obviously Tom's moved along, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins. Uh, go ahead, Vernon. What do you got? I'm in. I can make a case for all four. I think the Jets are the longest shot of the four. I don't like Gase as a head coach. I never have. Um, I think Darnold's talented. I just think they have put nothing around the kid. I, I, so I'm only in on this because I think the Jets, they went 6-2 and two to end last year, and I like Darnold. So if he makes a big jump in year three, I mean, you could conceivably say they could do it. I don't think they will. The Bills, to me, are the favorite. The Bills are the best team in that division. They're not, but, but they're not so much of the favorite that I don't think they can be picked off because – Allen, Allen just scares the hell out of me, a quarterback. Just scares the hell out of me. I think he's, I think he's talented, but he's, he's just inconsistent. 
The Dolphins are really well coached. They got 14 picks. They did a lot in free agency. I think the Dolphins are going to be a lot better than people think. And the Pats, I actually think the Pats roster is atrocious, but they have they have Belichick. So you kind of look at it and go, all right, yeah, they got a good offensive line. The defense is, yeah, I, I still think good. The offense, I think, is awful outside of the offensive line. I think it's awful. But they Belichick. So you say, like, could they win nine games? I mean, yeah, he could will them to nine games. Would I be shocked? No. So as we're recording this podcast, I have a real hard time making a case for New England because who the hell's playing quarterback? Uh, are you going to go out and get Cam? That would uh, – I could make an argument then that you'll win nine games, but they haven't done it. So I don't know who the hell's quarterbacking that team. I think the divisions is Buffalo, and it's scared to it's, – it's, you know – Saying that I believe in the Buffalo Bills is a pretty long putt, unless we're going back to the Jim Kelly Buffalo Bills. But Allen made a nice leap from year one to year two, man, and going year two to year three, and you're throwing Stephon Diggs in there too, who I'm a huge fan of. I have a hard time making a case for anybody else. New England, rough. Miami, to win the division? Uh, I, I need to hear that one. Uh, they, they did an amazing job winning five games last year. Um, so A lot of picks. Got a lot of picks. Man. Uh, sure. Okay. Fair enough, but then you got to hit a lot of home runs. Uh, you do. And, got, you do. And, and guys got to come in and ready to play. So that I, I can't do that. And then the Jets? This They're is the a – Yeah, man. so – it's I, I don't I don't think all four have a chance. I, I suppose the only team that I would fly up to have a chance against Buffalo would be New England if they go out and get a quarterback, which I would think they'll do at some point here. So yeah. I'm just I'm betting on them making a, a reasonable play. Uh, let's wrap up with the Bears. The Bears are a playoff team with Nick Foles in or out Verderam. I really went back and forth on this. <laughs> I. I think I'm out, but you could talk me into being in. I think the Vikings are going to take a big step back this year. They lost a lot of guys off that team. And the Lions are awful. So, like, if I'm the Bears, I'm sitting there going, look, we're just a little bit better. We could be second place in division, and the Packers are not unassailable in first place. Okay? Like, they're not unassailable at that spot. So, right. for the Bears, I'm like, look, correct me if I'm wrong. Bears went 8-8 eight and eight last year off the top of my head. That's right. Trubisky, like they could replace him with a mannequin, and they went eight and eight. I just look at the Bears and say, "Look, I don't love their offseason. In fact, I hate it with the I, I, Graham is is a hood ornament at this point, and I, I like Quinn. I think they overpaid him, but I like Quinn in a vacuum. I just look at this team and say, if Foles is even, I don't know, twenty five, thirty percent better than Trubisky, can that team win ten games? Like." Maybe. The only reason I'm out on it is Foles was just bad last year in Jacksonville. But he's had years before where he's been decent. So, you know, he's kind of one of those guys. It's like, what year do you catch him in? So he didn't win a game last year in Jacksonville. He's never started more than 11 games. Is he better than Mitchell Trubisky? I think the answer to that is yes. I mean, he beat Tom Brady and won a Super Bowl, so how could he not be? Um, And... Robert Quinn is going to be an upgrade on Leonard Floyd. Akeem Hicks was hurt last year, which had a huge impact on Khalil Mack. So assuming that he comes back and is healthy, that defensive, that that front four is going to be nasty. Um, 
you still don't have a running back. You still don't have an offensive line to protect your whoever's going to be playing quarterback. Everybody thinks it's going to be Foles now because the Bears made a big point in a press conference last week saying we're having open competition, which last year they didn't play Trubisky in the preseason at all. This year they're going to play both Foles and Trubisky in the preseason to have a real competition. The problem is that the Bears, you know, they know Nick Foles. So, therefore, they were in on Nick Foles. They love Mitchell Trubisky and the fact that he drove his beat-up Toyota Camry to the point that they would trade up from three to two to take him. Like, they, ha- they fall in love with guys, and it's not really based on who's the best player. And it's a swing and miss all the time. Like, was Foles the best quarterback that was out there? Would it not have made a whole lot more sense for the Bears to go? Teddy Bridgewater signed for a very reasonable $20 million a year for the level of quarterback he is. You weren't overpaying him. Like, that was a fair rate. Would that have made more sense? To me, it would have. And I think he's better than Nick. But that defense should be productive. And, I mean, Jimmy Graham talked like he's going to come out here and be the best best tight end in football in his press conference. He's got, like, a huge chip on his shoulder. He should. He's been awful for five straight years. Well, five seems a little tall, but at least for two, he was – Okay, he's been, he's been mediocre for five – he's been – horrendous the last two. Right. But, well, horrendous last year. I, I, I think everything you said is right. Like, I I would have liked to have seen them go after Cam over Foles, honestly, but that's just me. Sure. You know, but I still think, I still think with Foles, they're better. They're better than – They, like, they should players, be. Foles could have a game where he beats you. There is at least some fear factor for the opponent of like, look, you know what? He could have a game, a couple of weeks – he plays really well. I mean, he's shown that, obviously. He won a Super Bowl. Yeah. You have no fear. I remember last year when Kansas City went to Chicago for that Sunday night game. And, <laughs> you know, I mean, I remember, you know, talking to my dad, who, you know, obviously is a big Chiefs fan. Of course, I grew up rooting for them as well. And we, I remember saying to my father, I'm like, if the Chiefs score 10 points, this game's over. Like, the Bears aren't going to score. They're just not going to score points. You have no fear of him. I remember, like, the first or second series of that game was, like, third and 17. And he threw, like, a two-yard check down. And like, this game's over. Yeah, They're not he, beating anybody with this guy. Like, this is insane. And I'm not saying Foles is Mahomes, but like he can no. at least have a game he throws for 340 yards and three touchdowns and slings it around a little bit. Yeah. I I mean, he, I think there's a lot of evidence, though, on Nick. It's on his sixth team uh, in nine seasons. He's never started again more than 11 games. We don't have to rehash all this, but – uh, the Eagles didn't have a hard time making a decision after he won the Super Bowl what direction they were going to go. See you later, Nick. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. We're going back to Carson Wentz. So uh, I got to see I got to see it to have any confidence in Nick Foles is going to come into Chicago and save the Bears. But that all being said, I got the Bears in the playoffs this year just because okay. of that defense and to the point that I, I, I if I had to bet on it right now, I'll bet that he is going to be better than Mitch. And you won eight games last year. Your defense should be better. The, the division comes back a little bit. I think the Bears get in. Plus, you have an extra playoff team. So I'll take Chicago sure. in, in the playoffs. All right, looking forward. Two minutes. So I'm in, by the way, on that one. Biggest question heading into the draft. Matt Berderan. Who's going to be the surprise team that takes a quarterback early? Um, I got two teams in the AFC South and keep my eye on. Jacksonville's one, Indianapolis is the other. And he traded his first-round pick for DeForest Buckner. So he moved out of 13. But they have 34 and 44 overall in the second round. They have Washington's pick. They have their own. They could package those picks and get up into the, you know, the teens, the 20s, whatever the case may be. I could see them doing it. The Colts have nobody signed after this year. They have Brissett and they have Rivers and they have nobody else. 
So I can see the Colts, if they really love somebody, like if Jordan loves there at 20, 21, sitting around, I can see the Colts making that move. I can see the Colts trying to do something like that. So that's an interesting team for me, team I'm looking at. Jacksonville, I don't think will do it. They like Minshew. He showed something last year. But if you're Jacksonville, let's say two is having that slide. And two is sitting there, and you're the Jags. You might have to take two at that spot. If Justin Herbert slides, you might have to take him at that spot. So those are a couple teams. I'm not saying I bet the farm are going to take a quarterback. In fact, if Jacksonville, I don't think they will. But circumstances could dictate that maybe one of those teams has to reevaluate on the fly. Yeah. So my my biggest thing is who's going to be, and we've talked about this at length, but who's going to be the second quarterback off the board? Is Herbert going ahead of Tua? Or is, or is somebody jumping up and taking to a where's the belief level? Right. And then, as we also talked about, what is going to happen at three and four? Are the Giants going to sit there? Are the Lions going to sit there? Are they going to trade out? Who's going to make a who's going to make a incredibly intelligent de- decision, get more picks, and then still get the guy that they wanted? They both have opportunities to do that, I would think. So. Now, they wouldn't necessarily get the same guy if they go to five and six, make a deal, but if they go all the way down. So uh, my wife just walked out of the bedroom, by the way, is listening and does not find this conversation interesting, Verderan. But I find it to be very interesting. So second quarterback off the board is, is, to me, is the most interesting thing here. Do they believe in Tua or do they not? And then we'll find out in the next five years if they were right. Very true. I, I think it's going to be – look, this is going to be a lot of fun, this draft. It's fascinating for a lot of different reasons. The quarterbacks, the receiver class, just the way it's going to go down. I mean, there's just a lot of moving parts. Yeah, that's another thing, too. Who is going to have some level of mess up on their Zoom where we get to see, I don't know, someone's underwear? Something's going to happen. Somebody, I, you know, if I was the GM, I'd have some phone it. Like, I'd have, like, my kid come in and make the pick. Here you go. Here you go, little Billy. Yeah. Tell him, tell him what we got. Yeah, with the 28th pick in the draft, uh, little Johnny selects, uh, you know, uh, whoever the hell out of Boise. Imagine if they did that and the kid got it wrong. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be incredible. There, there, are, there is options to be creative here. Yep. Matt Burham, good to be with you, sir. You as well, Carm. Stay safe, brother. Appreciate everybody listening to Stack in the Box, coming out every other Tuesday right now. Uh, as we lead up to our NFL draft April 23rd through the 25th. Do your social distancing. We know you are because you're a fan of this podcast because you're incredibly intelligent. And we'll see you guys in two weeks. This podcast is brought to you by Fansided. Join our community of over 300 sites from sports to pop culture and everything in between. Introducing Under Armour's Infinity High Sports Bra. Its ergonomic design is molded to support the natural movement of your body. With cord-out padding, the better breathability eliminates extra bulk without sacrificing support. And quick-dry padding is Under Armour's fastest-drying padding yet. When you're lifting heavy, running fast, and pushing yourself further than ever before, you need a bra that will help you go that extra mile and make you feel your best. Shop the Infinity High Sports Bra now at UA.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts 
so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.